Along with Will Brewer, I am Colby Daniels. We've got a lot to talk about from UFC 271, a blockbuster card that absolutely delivered great fights all night long. The main card delivered in a big way as well. Will Brewer, how are you in the aftermath of UFC 271? Well, I'm doing fantastic. Um, my, I uh, got some points uh, that was uh, much needed. So uh, I'm feeling pretty good on this uh on this day, you know, following this big pay-per-view. It was a great night of fights, by the way, man, from top to bottom. There was a lot to love on this card. And we knew going in there was going to be uh, – there was a lot of names and everything. But uh, I think it definitely delivered uh, more so than uh, a lot of these cards will. Yeah, it delivered in a big way. And just in terms, I think, of my overall enjoyment, right, from start to finish, like I, I was 100% satisfied with with uh, what the UFC gave us Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was definitely satisfied with it. I mean, uh, after 270, I mean – there was a lot um, that 270 offered us. Like there was, there wasn't much name, but you know, 270 was good. But this is kind of what we're used to. Uh, the UFC kind of putting a lot of names on the card, and then it be, and it, it delivered. So um, this is kind of what we're used to. 270 was like one of those outliers, I yeah. guess. But uh, 271 definitely was more than what we're used to. A lot of names on this card. Not to mention, you couple that with uh, some great matchups stylistically and. Uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. And look, I think in the aftermath of all of this, and we're obviously going to start with the main event, but I've heard a lot of differing opinions just on the main event itself, from who won to the style of fight that it was to, uh, you know, the whole thing. Uh, so let's just start there. Israel Adesanya, unanimous decision over Robert Whitaker. He remains the middleweight champion of the world. Uh, Will, your thoughts in general, man. What would you think of the main event? Now, I had to go back and watch it. And I even watched some of those rounds multiple times just to make sure that I wasn't tripping. But on fight day, I thought one thing. And watching it again, I thought the same thing. Okay. I thought uh, this was an Israel Adesanya win. And uh, I'm not going to say it wasn't close. Some of those rounds were close. Rob did, uh, Rob did well. But um, I felt like Izzy controlled uh, a vast majority of those rounds uh, and of the fight. I mean, he did more damage. The, uh, the control, the striking numbers were all in his favor. Um, Rob got takedowns. But... He didn't do much with those takedowns, and I think there was just such a gap in the striking uh, exchanges and in terms of damage that you really can't do too much with those takedowns that Rob had when he didn't do too much with them. So, um, yeah, I felt pretty strongly that Izzy won the fight, and watching it again, uh, I felt the same way. I haven't watched it back yet, so I'm curious when I do watch it back to see if I uh, if I have the same feeling. But on fight night, we were texting back and forth as far as how we each scored it. And we scored it the same way, I believe, right? I had Whitaker winning rounds two and five. I had Izzy winning rounds one, three, and four. And look, I'm not going to sit here and act like there's not a case to be made in, in a couple of those rounds that maybe you could give it to Robert Whitaker here. Or look, even with round two, I think there's an argument to be made that Izzy won round two. Uh, I went I went Whitaker there, but uh, if you tell me it's the other way around, I don't have a big issue with that. I think it's probably just a matter of of personal preference in terms of, you know, high, how highly you value all the different things that you just expressed. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was, while it was a three, two decision for me, I did feel like if you look at the entirety of the 25 minutes, Israel Adesanya, not only won more rounds, but I, I thought he controlled a big majority of the fight as well. So, you know, sometimes I think, Will, you can get in these fights where Maybe a guy controls the majority of the fight, but when you break it down by the five-minute segments, it can go the other way from a round standpoint. I didn't think that that either way this was enough from Robert Whitaker for me to say that he won more rounds or that I felt like for the majority of the fight, he was in control of the fight. I, I do think that there is something to be said for the people that 
want to see more from a champion in a fight like that. Like, I get that perspective, and sometimes I think there's a tendency, because Israel's the champion, and you want to see more of him, to maybe score it against him, because you're not seeing him go all out. I do think that there is probably, or there there should be in most cases, a situation where if it's close, you probably do lean champion, right? Like, I feel like as the challenger... Whether this is something that is a thing or not, I feel like as the challenger, you should probably go into every fight feeling like you need to do a little bit more if you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. So even if you felt like you were on the fence about those rounds, odds are the challenger is not going to get the benefit of the doubt in a coin flip type situation. Um, now, should it be that way? I mean, should we should we make the champion have to do more than the challenger? I don't know that that should be the case, but I get why people would be maybe somewhat disappointed with a champion, quote-unquote, standing back and, uh, you know, essentially, look, there's smart fighting, all this, like, there's a bunch of different ways you can look at this. But in the grand scheme of things, like, he is the champion, and the challenger, I think, has to take the belt from him. So is it frustrating, maybe, and, and this isn't even just an easy thing, but in general, is it frustrating sometimes that maybe a champion isn't, like, pushing things the whole time? Sure, I, I, I can understand that perspective, but it's not on him to go get the belt. He has the belt. Uh, I think it's on the challenger to to push it in that way if he wants to get the, the belt. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really understand where people thought Whitaker won this thing other than, I guess, feeling like if you're somebody that feels like the champion needs to be the one doing more, then I guess that might be the perspective in which you score it the other way. Well, I, why? Yeah, I mean, I why, should, why should the champion have to do more when he's the champion? And... I mean, you haven't watched this fight back, but I'm, but you watched the fight. Who was controlling the center of the octagon? Yeah, Israel Adesanya. Who was, yeah, yeah, Israel was, he was far away from him, don't get me wrong, but Izzy was in control. He was pursuing him. He was in the center. Yeah. Um, I think it's on Rob to try to find those openings. And yeah. Rob got Rob got knocked out in the first fight. He, he did that in the first fight. He tried to take the fight to him as a champion and everything. He got knocked out. This is a this is a high level game of chess that these two guys are playing. This is MMA at the highest level. You can't make mistakes. Rob made a mistake in the first fight, and he and it cost him his title. He doesn't want to, he didn't want to make those mistakes this time. So why is it on Izzy as the champion to yeah. to overextend when he's when he's the A side? He's the one that you know doesn't really have to make any adjustments. He's reacting off of what Rob is doing. If Rob isn't pushing the action, why should Izzy overextend himself because Rob isn't? I don't I don't understand that. Like I see. Michael Chandler and I see Justin Gaethje and these guys talking about don't go out there and have a sparring contest and all this stuff. I'm like, come on, man. Izzy is the champion. Izzy is fighting his fight. If Rob wanted to go out there and take the title, Rob's got to, you know, Rob's got to be that guy to go like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go in and I'm going to do it. He didn't take those chances. He, he didn't risk it. Yeah. I mean, and maybe it's because he thought he was winning. I mean, I don't see how when his corner was telling him like, hey, man, we got to kind of we got to pick it up, especially as those later rounds was going on. Like, come on, man. I don't think it's on Izzy. Uh, I, I think I understand where Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje are coming from based on the type of fighters that they are. But yeah. the type of fighter that Izzy is, like he's uh, a kickboxer who's tall, who's who's got advantages. I mean, he shouldn't. It shouldn't be on him to um, make it a show for the fans. It's his job to win the fight. Right. He's the champion. He's got to win the fight. I mean, sure, he's been entertaining in some of his other fights, but he's respecting Robert Whitaker as a as a fighter. I mean, th like I said, this is high level. Uh, MMA that we saw on Saturday and and me I appreciated the hell out of the fight I mean I, I loved it from start to finish because you can just see me neither one of these guys knew that they can make a mistake and we just saw a high level MMA and I, I loved it man I loved it as well um I, I, again I, I like 
I thought Gaethje Chandler last year was the best fight in, in the UFC. It was my fight of the year. Right. And I love seeing those kinds of fights. I'm not going to hold it against somebody on a scorecard, though, if that's not the kind of fight we deliver, right? Like, that's... There, I think sometimes those two things get meshed into the same conversation, and you can say all you want that you want to watch Robert Whitaker and Israel Adesanya bang it out for 25 minutes. Like I, I wouldn't be disappointed if that if the fight was that type of fight either. But that doesn't mean that we have to like take points away from one guy for fighting the smart fight. And look, for the reason that I never entertained Robert Whitaker being able to to figure out the puzzle that is Israel Adesanya, it's a bad matchup for him. Why would Israel Adesanya do anything to help him get that path to victory when it's already a, an unbelievable matchup for in favor of Israel Adesanya? Everywhere that Robert Whitaker is good, Israel Adesanya has a way to neutralize that. I do agree with Robert Whitaker. These are the best two 185ers walking the planet. I don't think it's even close. I think they've separated themselves by a mile. But in terms of these two guys on their own, it again, I don't know that Israel Adesanya is just miles better, but he is the most difficult matchup for Robert Whitaker that, that there is out there. They're just stylistically and what their strengths and weaknesses are. There's not really an area where Robert Whitaker can capitalize. So uh, Israel Adesanya did exactly what he should have done. He, sm- he, he fought the smart fight. Um, I, just, I wouldn't change anything if I were in Israel Adesanya's corner. And I, at the same time, I understand if you're somebody that says, I want to see a Gaethje Chandler type of fight. Like, I get that perspective, but... There's a difference in wanting that kind of fight and saying that Israel Adesanya doesn't deserve to win because he didn't give you that kind of fight. Yeah, look, Israel Adesanya is the absolute worst matchup for Robert Whitaker at 185. I mean, Robert Whitaker beats basically everybody else in that division. But for all the things that Rob does great, those opportunities just aren't there against Izzy because he's so tall, he's so far away. Um, And and Izzy put on size. Like, Izzy looked pretty big in the octagon. Uh, on fight day. So, I mean, when you when you see Rob on his back and stuff, it's just like, man, Izzy's put on some weight. He doesn't look like this the skinny kickboxer that we saw when he first got into the UFC. Like, y- you see these videos of him uh, lifting weights and stuff. It's really helped him out uh, in the octagon. And, and he knew it would because these guys are going to try to take him down. And he knew that after the Yan fight. He started putting on size right after that. And it's really helped him out. So, um, all of the things that Rob does good, uh, Izzy just yeah. doesn't, it just doesn't work out for him. And, and, Rob got better though. Rob did get better, but it's just that matchup with Izzy. It's it's never going to be good for him. Uh, if if that was Marvin Vittori, uh, Sean Strickland, um, uh, Paulo Costa, I really feel like Rob just wipes the floor with any of those guys. Yeah. But the fact that it's Izzy, uh, it's, that just presents the worst matchup for him yeah. every time. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's it's like saying that. Uh... Somebody has a good rushing offense and then they're facing the best rushing defense, right? Like it's just a bad Absolutely. match. You can't take advantage of your strengths because because of, of the bad matchup. And yeah, I'm with you. I there's I, I don't see a path where this ever goes the other way unless Israel, I guess, gives in to everybody's wishes to get into a firefight with Robert Whitaker. And then look, I'm not even saying that still doesn't go Izzy's way, but I did think it was interesting in the, the post fight press conference that Robert Whitaker w- said that he thought he had done enough and Again, he hadn't watched it back. Maybe I don't know if he still feels that way. That surprised me that he would feel... I mean, I guess a lot of fighters feel like they've won the fight in the aftermath. But A, it surprised me that he thought that. But B, the amount of times he said it, Will, was like, I thought I did enough. Like, dude, this is a title fight that you're not the champion in. It's not just about thinking you did enough. You have to go take that motherfucker. (laughs) Like... Yeah, you you absolutely have to go take it, and that's what Izzy did in the first fight. He went out there and he took it from Rob. Yeah. Um. There's 
you know, there's times like, for instance, Rob fought Yoel Romero twice and Yoel was the challenger. Yoel did, did great. But there was just there were rounds that he just kind of gave away to Rob. Uh, it was a close fight, but there was just rounds that he gave away. And I didn't feel like Yoel took the took the initiative to try to take the title yeah. from Rob. Uh, and in those two uh, close fights, both decisions, they both went to Rob, who did just enough to win, but he's the champion, right? That's right. Now you go you go to this fight with Izzy. He did just enough, but you're not the champion. You know, you got you to go out there and you got to take it. And when, when there's times, like, I don't understand how he felt like he did enough when the striking exchanges were so one-sided in my view. I mean, sure, Rob was landing, like, jabs here and there, but it was really tough for him to get to Izzy. I mean, when you look at the striking numbers, I mean, Rob was really inefficient when, and Izzy was just so efficient. Like, like that's just how Izzy is, very efficient. Uh, the damage, you can see the damage on Rob's leg, on his face, on his body. Um, you couldn't really see much damage on Izzy. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, Rob, fought, Rob fought well. I mean, when you think of Rob's skill set and everything, he brought everything to the table. Yeah. But he just wasn't uh, as aggressive as you uh, would have liked to see him uh, when he's trying to take the title from the champion. I think that in this sport, Will, there is such a wide gap between how people value takedowns. And to me, that's where the biggest arguments usually come from a scoring standpoint with how you re you viewed somebody winning versus somebody losing, because we all view takedowns differently, right? Like for some people, a takedown, just simply the takedown, whether you do anything with it or not, is a massive scoring point. And for me, like a takedown's great. And, and like in the grand scheme of things, does it, does it drain the gas tank some? Yes, of course it does. But if you just simply take somebody down and don't do anything with it, that to me is worth no more than a strike right like one strike right, like it's right it's not the one takedown for me is not the difference in a round if you do absolutely nothing with it like that's and, and it, look again all of it that's in context as well if you know if it's an exact 50 50 fight you literally can't figure out who who won the round and maybe one guy had a takedown in it then maybe you, that's where it could come into play to be a deciding factor but if you don't do anything with a takedown just simply getting a takedown doesn't outweigh you losing the majority of the round on the feet. Yeah, I mean, look, Rob did well getting those takedowns, but he did absolutely nothing with them. I mean, Izzy was able to get right back up. He would scoot back to the fence. You could tell he, yeah. he had been drilling, drilling it and uh, over and over again. And like, sometimes it thing. takes more out of the guy that's taking the guy down than the other way, especially when you see Israel get up as fast as he did. Absolutely. I mean, we'll talk about Derek Winston, but yeah. he caught some of that uh, earlier in the night. But um Rob was able to get takedowns, but it's just that he didn't do nothing with him. Izzy was able to pop right yeah. back up and then they're right back into, into striking. And Izzy's back to winning. Whenever that, whenever Izzy's at distance, he's winning. And uh, there was an instance where he had uh, Izzy's back when he, he Izzy stood up and he wrapped him up. I mean, he didn't even have uh, an established submission. So, I mean, not, not even that really counts towards any, him scoring any points. So. Yeah. Every every grappling exchange that there was, it was so it was so light. Like there wasn't much that happened that you really can't say that that contributed to the round because Izzy was really just wiping the not really wiping the floor with him, but you could tell Izzy was clearly winning when it came to striking, and okay. you know that take that took place the majority of the of all the rounds. There wasn't much um, Rob holding him up against the cage or Rob uh, top control, you know, passing or anything like that. It was just uh, a brief takedown, and then they're right back into it, right back into striking. Yep. So. Agreed. Uh, I thought uh, I thought it was a fun fight to watch. Um, like you said, I mean, uh, strategically, uh, it, it was it was fantastic. It wasn't a banger by any means, but uh, it was a fun fight to watch. And the right guy, I think, won on the scorecards.
Uh, I, I am a fan of Robert Whitaker, though. I hate to see him lose again in this opportunity in this situation, and and we'll see what happens with him going forward. Um, co-main event. Speaking of likable guys, I have been geeked about that fight since the moment it was announced. I also simultaneously hated that one of these guys had to lose because uh, I think they are both as likable as anybody in the UFC. They're they're both fan favorites. Um, Will, we said no chance this gets out of the first round, right? There's zero chance that these guys go to, to round two. They did make it to round two. The fact that they got past one, I was like, here we go. Every time we do this, it, it ends up going the distance. Uh, we did get a finish, and uh, holy cow, man, Tai Tuivasa has... Uh, has put his name at the top of that heavyweight division. And really in terms of just star power, all of a sudden tied to Ivas is throwing his name in the hat for uh, the more notable heavyweights walking this earth. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, it's really becoming like the whole shoey thing. It's becoming such a big deal. Like uh, the shoey, his walkouts, the, the un- <laughs> girls uh, just want to have fun. Yeah. 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 Girls just want to have fun. Uh, Barbie girl. Like, yeah. Who does that? Like a guy that's 265 pounds, heavyweight knockout artist coming out to that. Like it just all goes into what he's doing and it's uh, making him a star. Uh, like you said, you didn't want to see either one of these guys lose. And you knew that one of these guys was going to get knocked out. So that made it even worse. But you um, you knew it was going to be a fun fight uh, because Ty brings it. He da- he has that uh, I don't give a fuck attitude. Yeah. So I don't think there was any way that this fight was going to be boring because Ty, at least Ty was going to bring it. You know, sometimes you don't really know about Derek, but you knew Ty was going to bring it. But Derek, you could tell that he got better. Derek has gotten better. He mixed in some wrestling, took Ty down a few times. And look, the fight was kind of playing out how I thought. Like, we both picked Derek. Yeah. And Ty was up against the fence, and Derek is landing bombs on Ty. Like I'm like, oh, this is this. It's a wrap. Like it's over. I'm just waiting. For, I'm just waiting for Ty to just drop and, yep. and it'd be over. But Ty got up and started swinging back, and then that's that's why I was like, uh oh, like okay, like this this is different. Derek hasn't experienced anything like this. Like someone being able to take his punches and just get up and just swing back. So I thought that was kind of telling. Then in the second round, I mean, Derek was still trying to bring it to him, but Ty was still there, man. Like uh, Derek was exploding and, and landing shots. You could tell that they were kind of clipping him and kind of hurting Ty, but Ty was still there. But uh, once Ty was able to start um, landing those elbows, man, yeah. um, it definitely started to hurt him. It opened up uh, his jab, which hurt him even more. And then that last elbow uh, ended up finishing him. You know, I will say, you know, Derek is a guy who gets his knock his knockouts when it comes to the right hand and the left hand. But Ty has different ways to knock you out. And we saw that um, not only with his hands can he knock you out, but he can also knock you out with his elbows. And uh, it was a great fight for uh, how long it lasted, but man ties it man in the press conference they both uh were so respectful of wanting to knock each other out i mean that kind of set the tone for this fight right it was like i want to knock this guy out respectfully of course and uh it just <laughs> it amused me all the way up to you know i like as soon as uh girls just want to have fun starts playing like i'm standing up i'm like all right here we go and then Derek lewis walks out the introductions i stood for the entirety of the fight the moment that you referenced where Ty, Ty was down and Derek starts to land shots. I thought it was over as well. I was like, that's it. It's, it is over. And, uh, Ty said in the, in the presser afterward that he never got rocked in that situation, but like, he was very aware that if he didn't get out of that situation, he was going to be asleep very quickly. And, uh, the fact that he got out of that position to me was a, a monster moment in the fight. Cause I think, you know, it wasn't, uh, very much further if he had stayed down that I think that fight does actually, uh, come to a conclusion. And then, yeah, that, that, that flurry in the second round where, uh, tied to Ivasa gets the, the better of Derek Lewis. I mean, I knew in that moment when they started, it started to get a little wild and chaotic and you just knew like, it's a matter of moments before one of these guys is going to land the blow. And again, I, I picked Derek Lewis. Cause I just felt like he's going to be the guy that, that probably has a little bit more precision with his strikes than, 
Tied to Ivasa, who sometimes those situations is a little bit wild, but still finds a way to land. And uh, he snuck that elbow in there, and watching the replay was just absolutely vicious. And how yeah. crazy is it? This is how likable Tied to Ivasa is. He knocks out Derek Lewis in Houston, and immediately, like, within seconds of him speaking into the microphone in the, in the octagon, the booze turned to cheers, and the next thing you know, he's doing a shooey and, like, he's a fan favorite in Derek Lewis's town. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could tell, like, uh, the fans didn't really want to boo him, but it was only because he was fighting Derek Lewis. Yeah. Like, there was yeah. there was mixed reactions. You know, you heard some boos, but, like, how can you boo that guy? That's right. A guy that, that drinks drinks beer out of his shoe, um, uh, comes out to girls, just want to have fun. Like, how can you really boo that guy? And so he gets a knockout. He knocks out Derek Lewis. So everyone's like, oh, forget you. You knocked out our guy. But then, you know, he, he gets on the mic and instantly, Houston! Yeah. And, you know, they're just like, yeah, we love you, man. So, <laughs> I mean... Props to Ty, man. He he went out there and uh and did his thing, man. Uh, took took the blows from Derek Lewis. I mean, there I don't think there's any other man that could have done that. I mean, t- if you would have told me that Derek that Ty was on the cage and Derek just landed bombs, I'm like, oh, the fight's over. It's it's, it's done. Well, it's no, a wrap. Nobody survived but, that to this point. So yeah, that, I mean, that's the first time he anybody the, survived that that type of thing. And I think, like you said, it was a very telling moment. And I think that kind of, you know, threw Derek for a loop because he's like, oh, man, like he's still here. Yeah. Like, uh, so, so I don't know if Derek got tired from uh, from throwing all those strikes and everything. But, uh, yeah, when, when Ty was able to land, man, it definitely took its uh, its effect on Derek. And you can tell he was on wobbly legs. And uh, then, you know, Ty just found that elbow and it was a wrap, man. It, yeah. it, it was crazy to see Derek drop like that. I, yeah. I'm not going to lie. It was crazy. The guy that folds everybody to get folded like that, it was crazy to see. Shadow Realm, right? Like, uh, he right. <laughs> it was wild, wild to see. And and again, on the heels of that, a Houston crowd goes from booing uh, tied to Ivasa to cheering him. Uh, a little bit like Rocky Four when Rocky is in Russia and yeah. knocks out uh, Drago. So, uh, Jared Cannonier has, uh, has given himself a title opportunity. It's going to be Israel Adesanya, Jared Cannonier next at 185. He beats Derek Brunson, Will. We were on opposite sides of this fight. I had Brunson, you had Cannoneer. I love the way this thing started. I thought it, uh, at the beginning of this, it looked exactly how I thought it would look. I thought it was a really dominant round from Derek Brunson, but I thought at the midway point of that round, my confidence was gone. I mean, disappeared, Will, because he was getting him down, but two things were happening. Number one, it felt like every time it happened, Derek Lewis, or excuse me, Derek Brunson looked like there was a little less in the gas tank. And every time it happened, literally, it Jared Cannonier was unfazed by it and was back up as quickly as Israel Adesanya was back up from the Robert Whitaker takedowns. I mean, the fact that, that that's where I, I was unsure about how that would go when he did get him down. I was sure he was going to get him on the ground multiple times, but I was shocked at the ease in which Jared Cannonier. Uh, was unbothered and able to get back on the feet. And I just kind of felt like not only did the gas tank from Brunson drain, but you could see his confidence disappearing drastically in that first round. And then the second round was was what it was. And uh, I, I felt like when they went to their corners after that first five minutes, I, I thought it's a matter of time and, and Cannoneer's going to probably put this away. Yeah, you know, the first round was really good for Derek. He came out, was, uh, was executing the game plan. Uh, I mean, he was using his strikes to set the takedowns and uh, he was, yeah, he was getting takedowns, but like you said earlier, uh, sometimes it's, it's, it's more taxing on the guy who's getting all these takedowns than the guy who's having to get up. You know, you can tell Jared, just like Izzy was drilling, you know, getting back up to his feet and Jared Cannonier is a former light heavyweight, a former heavyweight. He's had guys on top of him bigger than Derek Brunson. So, um, Brunson gets him down and Jared's just able to pop back up and you can just tell, like you said, 
uh, the gas tank just was just, you know, like that, that bar on the video game is just starting to go down and down and down. And then um, by the end of the round, I, and Derek had a good end to the round too when he, uh, when yeah. he dropped Derek Cannonier. So uh, I thought that, you know, uh, there was cause to be uh, confident. But then as the second round started, he landed that takedown uh, in the first few seconds. Like he didn't even try to strike. He just went in for the takedown. But when he got up, uh, Jared kind of clipped him. And then after that shot, yeah. um, Brunson wasn't the same. I, I mean, his confidence, um, he wasn't the same confident fighter that he was in the first round. And then uh, a lot of his shots looked really sloppy, like um, back when he was uh, black hair, short fade Brunson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when he would just swing wild and just out of control, it, I, I kind of got uh, flashbacks back to when he got knocked out by Rob and everything. So I just kind of see that it was just a matter of time. Um, and once Jared, you know, had him hurt with, uh, with elbows also, once uh, Jared hit that elbow and, you know, you knew it was, it was a wrap. And then the, yeah. the ground to pound to finish it off was absolutely brutal, man. Uh, his corner threw in the towel. He might've took one too many. I mean, I think he was out after the first punch or yeah. whatever landed. Uh, but yeah, uh, props to Jared Cannonier, man. He went out there and got the finish. Uh, that's what you needed when you want to uh, secure a title shot. You need a big uh, win, a big finish like that, and that's exactly what he did. Bag secured, and you mentioned the the closing moment of the first round. I, I know it was a big moment for Brunson, but to me, I had already been completely turned on his path to winning. That he was never going to win that way. That that's the problem with that moment. Like it didn't raise my confidence because yeah, that was a brief moment where he had some success, but he's not going to win the fight that way. He's going to win the fight on the ground, and what we had seen is that was completely ineffective when he did get him on the ground. So I had zero confidence, even with the big moment at the end of the first round. Like, I, I was I was like, this is not going to happen for Derek Brunson tonight. And, yeah, Jared Cannonier, big second round. Um, all right, Renato Moicano, Alex Hernandez. We didn't make a pick on this one last week because uh, it was on the prelims when we did the show. Uh, but, dude, Moicano with an awesome performance. Uh this is another big disappointment, I think, and a big moment for Alex Hernandez. Uh, and Moicano, a former featherweight, seems to have found his uh, true home at 155. Man, Alexander Hernandez got exactly what he wanted. He's talking in the media about how how dare my fight be on the early prelims, my fight should be on the uh, be on the main card or whatever. I mean, there was uh, cause for him to be to say all that, but if you're going to do that, you got to deliver on fight day, and uh, he got finished. Uh, so. I mean, it, he could have got finished on the early prelims or he could have got finished on the pay-per-view. So he got finished on the pay-per-view. I'm not sure which he prefers, but, um, yeah, it was a big win for Mykano, man. Uh, you know, a guy that big, uh, for him to be making 45 and fight as long as he did, you know, it's crazy. But, you know, it's good to see him at 55 getting wins. And then his post-fight speech, man, awesome. uh, all, the pas- uh, all the passion that was in there. Like, you could just tell, like, DC was like, man, Mykano, like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, he definitely. I was like, give him uh, the big check. Somebody bring him out a big check right now. Do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, he's like, I want, I want Moicano with all the money. Ball high, ball high. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You tell him. He's like, everything's bigger in Texas. I want a big check. And I was like, somebody go get a big check and bring it out right now. I mean, I'm sure, da- I'm sure Dana would have did it for him. I mean, Dana probably wasn't even doing anything in the back or nothing like he was with Francis. So you know, give right. give him the big check, Dana. Come right. on now. Come but, on, man. Know, Come on. Moicano just. Uh, Exercise that moment on the mic and after a big win. Uh, props to him, man. He got it done. How about Bobby Green as well? Bobby Green with a sensational performance. We talked about this last week. He seems to be really hitting his stride, uh, and, and there's a confidence level. He's always had confidence, but there's a different level of it, right? Maybe like a different belief in himself. He just looks supremely confident in his skills. It just kind of seems like the mental and the physical has all kind of 
aligned at the same time. He looks as good as ever. I mean, the the speed, the elusiveness, all of it. I thought once again, Bobby Green uh, off that Ally Quinta win, and you know he looked great against Fazeev as well. Uh, Bobby Green, another big name at 155 that you know maybe a year ago wasn't being talked about, but you certainly have to pay attention now. Yeah, Bobby Green, man, his skills. I mean, still he's been he's been in the game for a long time, but it seems like his skills, like you said, the mental and physical aspects, it just all seems to be coming together at the right time for him. Uh, you know, like just like with uh, in that Vazir fight, I think that Vazir fight really helped him. I mean, he was he was doing good when he fighting in the pandemic. I think he fought like four or five times, and uh, people were talking about him being fighter of the year. But I think that Vazir fight really helped him out because you know to to stand with a guy who's young, who's powerful who's getting spinning back kick victories over Brad Riddell to stand with him like that. And to, to have that type of fight, I think, you know, some of these other guys like the Nas rats, I mean, I think Bobby Green's going to kind of roll over them. So um, big win for, for Bobby Green, man. I, I think that we should start to talk about him being ranked, but the division Put a is number so next loaded. to his name. Yes. I'm there. Yeah, I, I, I'm there, but the division is so loaded that you're just like, right, should you put him above this guy or this guy? But definitely Bobby Green deserves a number next to his name. And then, like in the fight, man, like Masrat's got like his his hands are up, but Bobby Green is just sneaking these jabs and these punches right through the guard. I mean, there's really nothing that Masrat could have done, man. Uh, I know Masrat's hard on himself right now, but you know Bobby Green is just he's just a guy who's clicking on on all cylinders. Masrat's still young, uh, has been going through a lot uh, that he's still got time to develop. But Bobby Green is just at that point where yeah. uh, everything's just coming together. He was uh, at, at at the um, early stage of his career kind of immature you know some of the talk was a little uh premature but you know now it's all coming together he's confident uh everything's coming together man he's more mature so yeah. uh props to bobby green there's always been a flamboyance right and i think sometimes maybe that's viewed as confidence i, I you there's a there's a distinction i think between the two where I, I think maybe earlier in his career he was flamboyant and some people call that like being super confident but i think that was more for show whereas now i think you're seeing a guy that it, it, it's not about flamboyance. It's about confidence and believing that he's really going to get it done. Um, all right. L- we're short on time. Uh, but as far as the prelims, I'll just run through quickly my thoughts and then you can go. Andre Orlovsky still finding ways to get W's is crazy in the heavyweight division. Uh, I think Casey O'Neill, uh, once again, uh, she took on the villain role here and uh, she looks like, I mean, she's only going to get better. I think she is a, a superstar in the waiting Kyler Phillips originally on the main card. We both picked him to win. I think uh, absolutely delivered. And and you know, as far as bantamweight goes, another one of those names that that's just in the middle of uh, the deepest division in the sport. Um, big wins for Carlos Olberg, Ronnie Lawrence. I mean, this 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 card prelims awesome all the way around. Yeah, Arlovsky still getting it done. I mean, all these young uh, emerging heavyweights have to go through Arlovsky if they want to get to the to the big names in the in the top fifteen. Casey O'Neill. Um, like you said, young prospect who's just doing her thing, uh, undefeated. Uh, Roxanne Modafferi, her retirement fight. Um, props to Roxy on a on a phenomenal career. Uh, one of the trailblazers of the women's uh, division. Uh, Kyler Phillips still getting it done. Uh, he deserves to have a number next to his name after a, a after a submission win. Carlos Alberg did his thing. Uh, but Douglas Silva, DeAndrage, and Sergey, uh, I don't know how to say his last name, but that fight was insane. Yeah. Uh, Morozov or Morozov or something like that. Yeah, Marazov, I'm going to go with that. But yeah. that fight was absolutely crazy. Awesome. Uh, uh, Douglas was uh, losing that first round for sure. I almost got finished. And then to turn it around the way he did and, and to get that submission, uh, it was crazy. It, it earned a fight of the night for sure. Um, just a great night of fights from, from top to bottom, man. Great oh, I, I do have to mention that Jeremiah Wells, 
like falling down at the beginning of that fight it was so crazy and then he then he goes and gets the win it, it was just like what the hell bro that, was... that that trip won him the fight i mean if he wouldn't have tripped like that blood diamond wouldn't have ran at him to try to <laughs> land a shot so if you really want to get technical jeremiah wells running, uh, running around the octagon tripping over something really won him that fight so it's crazy so funny and crazy you're, you're exactly right that was so wild all right, so uh, you gained three points in the overall standings with the Cannoneer pick, Ian Brunson, which uh, you had a two-point deficit. So, Will, you have a point lead going into this card that uh, was supposed to be RDA and Rafael Fazeev, a fight that I've really been looking forward to. I guess that's going to be on UFC 272, so it's not too far away. Johnny Walker, Jamal Hill is now our main event on Saturday night. But the main card begins with... Uh, Joaquin Buckley and Abdul Razak Alhassan. Buckley is a minus 150 favorite, plus 130 for Razak Alhassan. Man, uh, this one is this one's really tough. Uh, I feel like um, Alhassan has uh, underperformed in a lot of his fights, but he's always a dangerous threat. Uh, Joaquin Buckley, uh, while he has more ways to win, he has been known to make mistakes. Uh, I think if he does, if he just fights, uh, if he fights smart, the opportunity will come for him to win. But if he makes a mistake, he can get finished. Um, I, I think uh, Al Hassan is a live dog here, but I think that uh, Joaquin Buckley uh, should be able to get this win. So uh, I've seen Al Hassan uh, fumble the bag too many times. So I'm going to go with Joaquin Buckley. Yeah, this to me is like almost which of the two inconsistent guys do I feel like is going to be a little bit more consistent, right? I mean, it's. Uh... We've seen Buckley show up and produce a knockout of the year caliber type fight. And then, uh, you know, the next fight, you're like, what happened? And Razak Alhassan, you're right. It just seems like time after time after time, we have these big expectations and it's just not quite gotten there. Both of these guys are, are capable of big moments, but you're right. I think this is just really about who makes less mistakes. And I'll say that I think the overall experience uh, for Buckley gives me the lean that just feel like he probably fights the uh, the smarter fight here. But uh, I will say, I do think there is something to Razak Alhassan being a live dog here and probably feeling some urgency, right? That, that uh, you know, maybe the, the UFC career is uh, on the line, so he needs to start producing. So I'm on the same side as you. Uh, it is Buckley for me as well. We have Jim Miller and Nicholas Mata. Jim Miller, the ageless wonder, Will, is a minus 160 favorite, plus 140 for Nicholas Mata. Man, look, I think Nicholas Mata is, uh, I think he's going to be special, but is, is he biting off a little bit more than he can chew at this point with this being his UFC debut fighting Jim Miller? Um, you know, Jim Miller's been on this run kind of kind of like uh, Andre Arlowski where all these these young up-and-comers, they run into the the old dog who's guarding the, the yard and then they just fall. So, you know, this one's, this one's been tough, so I think Mata's uh, got a lot of potential, but I think he could possibly be biting off more than he could chew because Jim Miller's just so good everywhere. Uh, I think if Jim Miller can uh, can utilize the grappling, uh, get him to the ground, I think Jim Miller's got a hell of a chance to win. Uh, if, if this stays standing, I think Jim Miller could possibly get finished. But um, I'm going to go Jim Miller. Uh, I think I, you know I've seen more of him. I got to see uh, Mata in action uh, against a guy like Jim Miller, a guy who's so experienced. So give me Jim Miller here. I'm going to fall into the trap that really uh, got me beat so many times last year, and that is uh, even though I was fully prepared to pick Jim Miller here as well, um, I, I think it's a situation where it feels like the obvious pick. We've just seen Jim Miller perform time after time after time, and look, the reality is you're going from a guy that I really liked in the Contender Series a year ago, finally, or was it two years ago? I think he might have been a, a anyway, however long it's been, 
Um, your UFC debut is Jim Miller, right? Like we always talk about the uh, the 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 jitters the first time you're in the octagon and you're going to face a guy that's been in that that position over 50 times. Uh, that's not easy at all. And here I am, uh, fully prepared to tell you all that. And uh, I'm going to roll the dice here. I'm going to go with uh, the young guy, Nicholas Mata, uh, pulling off the upset. I mean, it could happen. I think he's a live dog. I think, uh, yeah. but you know, with Jim Miller being so experienced, you know, you never know. Yeah. I, this could be one of those fights where Jim Miller just frustrates the hell out of him for the entirety of the fight. And, uh, once again, we're like, dude, he just keeps going. So that's actually what I expect to happen, but I'm rolling <laughs> the dice, going to try and get that point back immediately this week. And I don't really, uh, foresee you going opposite me the rest of the way. So, uh, there it is. All right. We have, uh, Parker Porter and Alan Badeau. Parker Porter is a minus 200 favorite, plus 170 for Badeau. Uh, well, kind of kind of similar to the uh, to this Jim Miller fight, man. I think that uh, Parker Porter just, you know, he's been around the block. Uh, he's got power. Uh, I think this just should be a, a Parker Porter win, man. I'd be surprised to see him get a catch of L here. Yeah, same for me, uh, for, for the reasons you just explained. Parker Porter, just the experience and... Uh, there may not be a wow factor there, but I, I kind of feel like he kind of thrives in just the being a gritty, just, you know, he's going to find a way to beat you. And, uh, yeah, I, I like Parker Porter. Our co-main event on Saturday night is uh, Kyle Dawkins and Jamie Pickett. Oddshark.com has Kyle Dawkins at minus 220, plus 175 for Jamie Pickett. Uh, you know... With a full camp, I think I would feel uh, differently about this. You know, Kyle Dawkins was originally slated to fight uh, the Cuban. Is it the Cuban Missile Crisis? Is that Julian Marquez? Yeah. Yeah. So he was uh, originally supposed to fight Marquez, uh, but uh, he had to pull out. Jamie Pickett steps in. Um, with a taking this fight on such short notice, man, I don't think that uh, Jamie Pickett is going to be able to um, sustain uh, his power for long. If he's going to win this fight, he's going to have to get him out of there uh, very early. I think he just needs to go out there and just uh, just throw everything out, out on the on the table uh, uh, really early on because if not, Kyle Dawkins is just going to take him down and it's just going to be a kind of a three round um, decision or Kyle Dawkins could uh, potentially finish him. But uh, I think that uh, Dawkins will win here. Uh, I think if I think that it's his fight to lose. If he makes a mistake, Jamie Pickett can knock him out. But if he if he plays it smart, uh, Dawkins should get the win here. Pickett always has a chance, right? Because he can he can potentially put you to sleep. But Kyle Dawkins is just so well rounded that yeah, I think if uh, if Pickett doesn't find a way to to land a big shot early, Kyle Dawkins overall game I think just uh, dwarfs Jamie Pickett in this matchup. Kyle Dawkins for me as well. Our main event is in the light heavyweight division. Will I mean props to the UFC for putting this thing together as quickly as they did and giving us this type of matchup. Which look maybe neither one of these guys is in the title picture, but it's two ranked light heavyweights, and stylistically, I know the last time we watched Johnny Walker, it wasn't the most pleasing fight in the world, but stylistically, Johnny Walker and Jamal Hill has a chance to be an awesome just slugfest, if you will. So light heavyweights, Johnny Walker and Jamal Hill, number 12 and 13, I believe, in the light heavyweight division. Oddshark.com has Jamal Hill as a minus 200 favorite, plus 170 for Johnny Walker. Yeah, I'm, I'm really high on Jamal Hill, man. I think he's got... Uh, uh, tons of potential um we and we saw it in spades against uh jimmy crute man just the way that he was able to uh knock him out not even let jimmy crute even think about uh scoring a takedown uh i i just think if it's a fight where these guys have to be on the feet uh i think jamal hill is just uh more skilled than him with his strikes he's more powerful uh you know johnny walker when he first uh burst onto the scene with his creative unorthodox 
you know, strikes. I don't, I'm not sure that he's still got that guy in him, but um, I think he needs to pull that guy out of him because if we see the, the same hesitant Johnny Walker that we saw against Thiago Santos, I think he's going to get knocked out. He could get knocked out anyway yeah. if he's going to be creative and all that, but uh, I think that gives him more of a chance. I think that uh, that gives – because, you know, I don't think Johnny Walker is going to be scoring any takedowns on Jamal Hill. No. Um, and Jamal Hill's power and, you know, his, his striking is just so – a uh, high level. I think uh, Johnny Walker is just going to have to go into the fire and try to land something big um, because he's not going outpointing Jamal Hill is not going to be the recipe for success here. So um, I think uh, Jamal Hill is going to win this, but I'm very curious to see what Johnny Walker we see on Saturday. Yeah, I think we're we're right alongside each other on on the thoughts here. You use the word creativeness with Johnny Walker, and that's an interesting choice because I feel like that quickly morphed into people calling him reckless and. You know, he was, he, I think he was pretty criticized, at, you know, like within probably the last year of just being too, you know, again, like you can call it creative or you can call it like recklessness and, and uh, kind of embracing the chaos, if you will. And I, I think a lot of people were criticizing him for that. The problem with this matchup is I think Jamal Hill is one of the best boxers in the UFC, not just in this division, but overall he has power, yeah. but his accuracy is on target. If Johnny Walker is going to be slow and patient Jamal Hill is going to pick this dude apart and it's going to be right. savage by the end of it. I think Johnny Walker's only path here is to, like you said, go back and embrace whether you want to call it the creativity or what a lot of people criticized as, as just being reckless and, and all that. Like, I think that's the only path here is to get in a firefight, swing big, and maybe you land. I still don't like his chances in that situation, right. but I think they're better <laughs> than him just trying to stand in front of Jamal Hill and get pieced up over and over and over. So uh, this is Jamal Hill for me as well. Yeah, because, you know, I don't think Jamal Hill is going to respect uh, Johnny Walker like Tiago Santos did. Um, I think Jamal Hill has um, a path to victory, and, and he's going to stick to that. I think Tiago Santos and Johnny Walker both being Brazilian guys, they both respected each other. Yeah. Uh, and it made for a kind of a lackluster fight. But I think that Just beyond, uh, that Jamal fight Hill's stunk. Just call it what it yeah. is, Will. That fight stunk. <laughs> yeah, that fight I don't stunk. say that yeah, very that often, fight. but that one was just, eh. Yeah. Especially for um, the buildup and you know yeah. all the you know I, I want I want to go to hell and all this stuff, you know you expected a, a firefight, but it it just wasn't that. Johnny Walker in this fight with Hill, he's gonna have to take risks because if not, uh, Jamal Hill's going to piece him up, and he could get pieced up anyway, like we're saying, but he's going to have to take chances and uh, to try to win this fight. All right, my friend, uh, you're ahead on the scoreboard, so uh, you'll either remain that way or uh, we'll be tied next week. One fight depends on that, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. Always appreciate it, my friend. Uh, enjoy the fight card. We'll be in touch over the weekend, and we'll do it again next week. Yes, sir. Let's go, Jim. Okay.